We started last week a new series called something, but I told you the name might change, but it's called The Real Walk this week. So who knows? It may have a new title next week. But if you will, open up your Bible, which is the Word of God, to John 16. John 16. You know, the church has a purpose, and the church... When we talk about the church and the purpose of the church, we're not talking just about the building like, you know, it's all of them in that place. Uh, they'll do something because if we think that way, we'll think somebody else will do it. But really, the church is made up of individuals and all the individuals are to take part in the purpose of the church. And so one thing that we need to realize is it's not just ministers that are full-time that do the work of the church and we support them with hurrahs or that was real good, which those are appreciated, but it's the church people doing their part. And what's real interesting, when the early church got persecuted, it said that the only people that stayed where the church formed in Jerusalem were the leaders, the apostles. All the rest of the people got scattered because there was such persecution. They didn't want to stay there. They could be arrested. They could be beaten, all these different things. So they spread. They moved. It's kind of like people fleeing California right now, but they're not persecuted for the gospel. But anyway, everywhere they went, it said the church grew. The reason and things happened was because they were doing their part. So they were doing their part and telling other people. And so here in John's gospel, if you're there or turning there, John 16, we're going to pick up with the verse that probably will be our key verse as we go through this series, uh, at least for maybe a week or two more. John 16, and uh, this was when Jesus was leaving. You know, he had trained his people and he told them, look, you're going to be needing to train people and the church is going to need to continue. And there is only one way that the church continues. Amen. It's by reaching the lost, telling people, bringing them in, getting them saved. But notice this, John 16, verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. They had a relationship, and we looked at this in detail last week, and we won't this week, but they had a relationship with the Lord that where they could just look with their natural eyes, hear with their natural ears. If they had a question... There were times the disciples did not understand what Jesus was preaching. So when they left the crowd, they'd say, what does that parable mean? And then he would break it down and share it with them. And he would make it clear to them. And he said, this uh, that we've had is going to end. And they're like, oh, you know, they thought Jesus is going to set up his kingdom upon the earth. And when he's going to set it up, we're going to be like his right-hand men. We're, we're going to be, you know, like the patriarchs. We'll be the leaders, like, you know, the 
12 tribes of Israel. I mean, that's going to be us. And they knew, man, this is great. And Jesus said, oh, by the way, that's not going to happen right now. And I'm going to leave, and you can't go where I'm going. Because they had already learned, I'm going to follow him. And then verse 6 we read, but let's skip down to verse 7. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who's called the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. He was basically saying this. The helper, who is the Holy Spirit, was going to take up the place of Jesus on the earth. And we said this. We saw how that these early disciples had to be taught that there would be a new way that God would deal with them and a new way that Jesus would deal with people. And we, we realize that, you know, as we look into these things, that some people don't believe that verse. They don't believe it's to our benefit that he's not here. But Jesus said it is to your advantage or your benefit that I am not here. And a lot of people would probably read that and go, I still don't believe it. But then that just tells me if I really think that way, then somehow we haven't connected with this like we could or like we should. And if we connect with this like we could or like we should or like he was trying to get them, I mean, think about it. They're sorrowful for something that would benefit them. They weren't seen. I mean, if, if they didn't see it, there's a possibility we won't see it. And that's probably a reason why a lot of Christians go, if, if, if I only lived when Jesus was alive, it, it would be better. And you know what Jesus would say if you were like in Bill and Ted? You remember they went back in time? Anybody remember that? Some of you don't. And you got to, go, we went back in time and he'd say, go back there. And you'd think, wait a minute. No, I want to be back here because I want to see. And he said, no, go back there. It's better. Then if, if I'm arguing, you know, going back in time, you know, what was the Michael J. Fox movie where Back to the Future, maybe you remember that one, you know, went back and they said, go back. Well, here's the thing. Why would he tell us, go back there, when, hey, we're standing in front of you? He said, because you will be benefited in this time in a way you're not in this time. And that is a foreign thing to some people. And people who get saved, um, if they're not careful, uh, they miss this and don't take advantage of this uh, vitality of their walk. And here's the thing, when my relationship is something with God and a reality, I need to make that reality known to other people. I have to. And, um, and it usually, you know, people think, you know, how real can God be to you? How, how much can he deal with you? You know, and if we would learn 
like we talked about last week, our relationship with God changed from eyes, natural eyes, natural ears, natural touch, to spiritual perception. And it's not just something out here, though there are times we'll, like maybe, maybe people when they were worshiping God this morning went, wow, there's some kind of peace, some kind of presence in here. God is moving. I sensed him here. Or maybe when you were praying sometime and you sensed God. But there's more than that. And that is great, but there's more. And we want this. We want to learn how to walk this way so we can be like them or like Jesus said to them. It's to your benefit. So we could all, uh, you know, in time go, man, it's it's. It's a good thing to walk with the Lord. It, it is a reality. It, it's, it's, I benefited and I can tell. And so we're going to talk about that. But notice this. He said, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage, to your benefit, for your best that I go away. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. What is going to be the benefit of Jesus leaving someone else or something else, whatever this helper is? And as you read on, this helper is the Holy Spirit. If we don't know how to pay attention to him after we've given our lives to the Lord, we'll miss out on something great. Amen? And he will lead us into green pastures. But he doesn't make you follow into green pastures. There's a difference between being led into green pastures and following him into green pastures. He, he can deal with people, and if they know it's not by my physical eyes, it's not by my natural ears, or just my thinking, it, it, it's, it's, it's this new relationship. And if I can learn to follow, then he will not only lead me into green pastures, I'll know how and know him so I can choose to obey him and end up there. Because there's a big difference between being led and directed in doing. Amen. So the key here is this. In his absence, the Holy Spirit would take the place of Jesus. And here is a key, and we looked at this last week, the Holy Spirit will not just be in our midst, and we go, wow, isn't this wonderful? I sense his friend. Well, not as much today. It's not that. It's that he will come in you when you get saved. Then after you're saved, you can be filled to overflowing with what? Turn to Acts, the first chapter, and we're going to look at a few things here that will help us to walk out this new life that he said in this new relationship, this new way of walking and just like any relationship, it takes some work. It takes some dedication. It takes us 
responding properly. And so the reason we're teaching this is so people can respond properly. Amen. And we can benefit from this the way he wanted us to benefit. We read last week where he said, listen, I've got a lot I want to say to you. I've got a lot I want to deal with you, but you're not at the place right now where I can tell you, but when you grow and when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, I will convey them to you and you will know them. You will know them. And so if it's the case that we're no longer in a relationship with God, like a physical one in the sense of walking with him, then I need to realize I can't be listening with my natural ears. Is there something I can do to enhance how I hear him and follow him? And here's the thing. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, when anybody gives their life to the Lord you know, has made a genuine commitment, they become a new creation. And it said every child is directed or corrected by God. When we talk about correction, we mean he just tries to direct our path. And he said if you are without correction, you're not his child. If he doesn't deal with you, you don't belong to him. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, that people are going to, you know, hear voices all day long. Well, maybe you will, but um, meaning the Lord. But there's a distinction. He basically said the world will live any old kind of life and do anything because the Lord doesn't deal with them. That's why they need to hear from us. And not hear from us what's your problem, but introduce them to the Lord so they can get saved. But us who know him, our relationship is based on the word of God, but it's based on he deals with us. Amen? And the key is, how does he deal with me? And if Jesus said, if anybody has ears to hear, let him hear, where in the world are these ears then? If he had to say, if you have ears. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it would be like normal for me to say, if anybody here has ears and I'm looking at everybody and you got these things sticking off the side of your head. I mean, there's a couple ladies with longer hair. If you could move it back, please. Oh, you've got them, I see. Okay, okay, we've all got ears. But he didn't mean your natural ears. He said, if anybody has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So there are things that the Spirit wants to say, but we have to recognize where are these spiritual ears? Where are these spiritual ears that Christians, people who have given their life to the Lord, are supposed to listen to? Well, the Bible tells us it's way down in the core of our being, in our belly, or in the core of us. Every believer has come across this where they knew, I need to do that, and their head said, oh, don't do that. Or, you know... The other night I was leaving this gas station right over here and I drove out 
and on the inside, the Lord dealt with me. Go back and talk to that guy. It wasn't a voice. I just knew it. And I went back, and, and my head went, oh, what if he says no? What if he, what? and I just thought, I don't care about that. I recognize this is not just a thought that came into my head. And I went back and talked to him. He said, actually, I've been looking for a church. And here my head is going, oh, don't do that. But there was something way down inside. I know for me, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I would go to church, loved going to church, and I would go home, and I used to, when I lived in the world, would turn on the TV, you know, Sunday afternoon and Saturday afternoon, and watch this, that, and the other thing, you know, back when it was just not cable, where you had everything. And I would turn it on, and I would do that after I gave my life to the Lord, and I'd go home, and something would be like, yuck inside, don't do this. And I'd say, God, speak to me. And I didn't realize that the Bible said his spirit would bear witness with my spirit. And that there would be a peace or a grieving, you know, like the scripture says. And so I didn't know God was dealing with me because I heard a bunch of people say, you need God to talk to you. And every time I'd go home and I'd watch it for 15, 20, 30 minutes and just ignoring that, and I'd get done and be like, yuck. And I'm thinking, this isn't bad. What's wrong with the Munsters? If you don't know who they are. You know, what, what's wrong with this? And, and, uh, and I'm not saying God's going to deal with you about the same thing. But I had just gotten full of the word of God. And now I'm just kind of getting my mind on other things. And maybe not letting it sit in. I don't, you know, settle in. I don't know the reason. But I realized this after I had ignored that week after week after week, and then thought, I think God's dealing with me. And I do have ears. I just need to obey. And I'm not hearing uh, a natural voice up here. I'm hearing something down here that is kind of like the bumps on the road, you know? You ever been driving along and you Nobody would text and drive because that's against the law. But if you saw somebody texting and driving and they drift over onto those bumps and it goes, dah, 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 it's kind of like inside, like, yeah, this isn't right. We're talking about a divine relationship with God. We're talking about the very fulfillment of I'm going to leave you and it's going to be to your benefit. Why? Because they didn't have that. All they had was some instruction that they would hear with their natural ear. But now to our advantage, he's in each and every believer. And sometimes that dun 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 or the peace or the direction gets a little blurry when we've ignored it for a while. But you can make that become very sensitive again and make your ears uh, not dull so to speak and so the way to do it is start responding when you know because here's the thing if he's going to lead you into his best and he's going to lead us to be productive in the kingdom and effective with other people then we need to respond to him and life will be best Amen. Life will 
find, you know, or you could say it like this, the things of life that have knotted you up will come unknotted. You know, I had a supernatural gift when I was a child that I would tie my shoes and somehow they'd end up with like 10 knots. And I remember often my mom, you know, and as I grew, then it was me, get a fork and undo all the knots. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I do remember sometimes they get stuck in the chain and stuff, so I just knot them all up. And then when you try to take them off, that's not fun. But sometimes a person's life can get all knotted up because they, they, and I'm talking about a believer, have overridden that time after time, and they think then later on they're like, well, what's going on? But if we learn this, we can walk with God in a profound way. So turn with me to Acts, the first chapter. We're going to look at a couple of verses here before we end. But these verses right here, you know, are the culmination of what Jesus was saying in John 16. He was saying, I'm leaving the helper of the Holy Spirit, and you can read on there, the Holy Spirit is called the helper. So when the, the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to help. I said he's going to help. And so here in Acts 1.8, you know, just a short time after he is, uh, you know, uh, crucified and risen and about to go to heaven... And they're wondering, you know, are you going to set up your kingdom now? But he had already told them, I'm going to leave, and then I'm going to give the Holy Spirit to help you. And so this is that. He told them, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so that your relationship, your walk with me, can be something profound. Are you with me? Our relationship with God should be growing not diminishing. Our effectiveness should be growing, not diminishing, because of these truths. Acts 1.8, they said, you know, is the time now? And he said, no, not yet. And, you know, him building his kingdom, and he said this, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, Notice what he said. Often we emphasize power. But notice he said the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The byproduct of the Holy Spirit will be power, or you could say this ability, or you could say this help. He will help you in life. And he said, but you shall receive power or ability. Notice when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and he told them, wait till you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Why was he saying that? Why did he tell people to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Because he said this would be the key to your walk being what it ought to be. This is the key, and sometimes people think that the key is an experience. 
oh, I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit this many years ago or this long ago or, or this happened. But really, the being filled with the Holy Spirit is the beginning of this new walk with the Lord. It, it's the help we're going to need to walk this real walk in a way where we don't walk it alone. Amen? Where we're not just listening naturally, but we're listening spiritually. And so when he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come, or you could say the byproduct of receiving the Holy Spirit is power. The Greek word is ability. He said, then you and, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Notice what he connected with their relationship, with a vital relationship of the indwelling Holy Spirit is reaching other people, telling other people, causing other people to come to know the Lord. We are on kingdom business, and kingdom business is not just personal. It's, there's an outflow. Amen? It's not us depending on other people to reach people. You know, I mean, I don't want to, like, live 10 years as a Christian, you know, like, say, say I got saved when I was 70 and I lived till 80 or something like that, and I won one person to the Lord. Then somehow, I think God would like us to kind of take that up a notch. Amen. I remember the people who contended for me after they came into a relationship with God. They were filled with the power of the Spirit, the ability of the Holy Spirit. They started walking with God, and they started telling other people around them about the Lord. And I happened to be one of them. And I remember one of the cool things was, was through my high school walk, I remember there's this one guy who gave his life to the Lord, I would, I would, was not really into high school. So like, I would be like, okay, uh, this class is taking too long. I tell the teacher, I got to go to the bathroom. Some of you do that at work, so don't even look at me. <laughs> Hopefully you don't do it at church. And uh, so I kind of stumble my way into the bathroom. And I remember this one guy. Remember, he had red hair. He would end up in the bathroom when I was there. And when he did, like I'd turn to the bathroom, like, okay, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm washing my hands. I didn't want to look at him as a Christian. And he'd always witness to me. And I mean, I'd, and I mean this, I, I don't know if he saw me walking and went, ah, you know, I'm leaving the class. And he'd end up in the bathroom with me. It seemed like time after time. And he'd say, do you know Jesus? And I'd be like, I'm drying my hands right now. Uh-uh, I got to get back to class. Like if anybody else was there, we would have talked. But he would witness to me. And I remember that started planting seeds in my life. And then I didn't even want to see him. I was like, oh. But I knew he had something. Are you with me? 
But out of the whole high school, there was a bunch of people who didn't know the Lord. I, I'm so glad he was reaching people. But here's the key to this. I knew there was something about him. See, he had a relationship with God, and the Holy Spirit was in his life, and the Holy Spirit makes a difference. He gives you ability to be a witness, not just go witnessing, but literally to be a witness, to be one who can share, and he will help. Amen. So he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians. And so remember this, when we think of power, think of ability. Because power really is ability, even when you think of it naturally. If you think, oh man, my car battery is low. And then what happens when your car battery is low on a charge? Then, then it doesn't give the ability to start the engine. Are you with me? So if we think the Holy Spirit is just some vibrating power, we need to realize he's ability. He helps us in multiple ways. And our relationship with God is based on his word first, but also the Holy Spirit to unveil the word to us. I remember years ago I said this, you know, when I was praying to the Lord and I hadn't won anybody, hadn't got to talk to anybody in a long time. I said, God, you know, somewhere I must be missing it because there's a lot of lost people out there and uh, I haven't talked to them. So can you direct me to some lost people? And it, the reason why I say this is we need to become attuned to him who's in us. I'm, I'm talking to Christians. God's not all mad at people. He, he just wants to help his children in their daily life. But we need to learn how to become in tune with the Holy Spirit. If he said you receive ability when you're filled with the Spirit, we know that Paul in the Bible, in Acts 19, he preached uh, at different places. But one time he went to Ephesus and he found a bunch of believers. He said, once he found that they were disciples, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we didn't know you could do that. Then in Acts 8, we see the same type of thing where the, the apostles went down and prayed for these people that they would be filled with the Spirit because they had given their life to the Lord. Now let me make this statement before we read this verse. That every believer has the Spirit in them. But you, once you get saved, you can be filled to overflowing. I remember this was true in my life. I remember I went to this church and I had committed my life to the Lord, and I went to this big, huge church, and I remember the first week, I thought, this is good. Second week, I thought, it's good. The third week, I was like, hmm. there's got to be more. But here's the thing. I, I was like this. I, I, I realized that uh, I had the answer, but I knew there was more there. 
In other words, I wasn't searching anymore. I knew I had the answer in the Lord, but I knew there was a dynamic to this walk that I was missing. And that this, I didn't know that Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you can come into a dynamic relationship with me. And then people said, well, you know, then it made me hungry. Meaning, meaning desirous. And then a friend of mine said, why don't you come over here? And I would have never come over there except for I was so hungry. So I went and they talked to me about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit. And then, then I received the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing about receiving the Holy Spirit. It's only the beginning, it's not the end. You're not receiving an experience, you're receiving the infilling so that you can walk this life out and you can really know God dynamically. 1 Corinthians 14, and we're going to read these two couple of verses and close. He said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive ability. Everybody who has received the Holy Spirit has the potential for a tremendous walk with God. I don't mean something weird or flaky or nuts or something like that, but I mean a real vital relationship with God. And so here, these people had received the Holy Spirit and just like they did in the book of Acts, and they began to speak in what the Bible calls an unknown tongue. And so we're going to read a couple of verses and see why we would do this and how this will help with that new relationship and this deep relationship, this advantaged relationship that God was talking about that Jesus had tried to convey to the people. He said this in 1 Corinthians 14 too, For he who speaks in a tongue or an unknown tongue, as the King James says, that's not Spanish. This is a heavenly language. As the Bible calls it in the chapter before, the tongue of men or angels. In other words, it's, an, it's a heavenly language. He said, for if I, he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men. So this that you get is not for talking to one another. For no one understands him. That means this isn't Spanish, this isn't German, because eventually you're going to run across somebody who's going to know some German. Or Spanish. Or whatever the language. He said this, though. He said, however, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. One translation said, he speaks divine secrets to God. Why would that be important? Well, let's read on. Verse 4. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. That means he charges himself up. He builds himself up. Now, what does it mean to build yourself up? This can't be physical like their previous relationship because if I pray in tongues, um, then I'm going to get some nice biceps and 
forearms and thighs and calves, and you're going to go, whoa, he speaks in tongues. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, you know, like you come out of the gym and people are like, they're all pumped, you know, and, and they're like, ah, their veins are big, you know, you come to Tuesday morning prayer and all of a sudden people walk out and they're like, whoa, they just left prayer. It's not physical. But just like physically you can do something, you can do something spiritual. And just like physical things uh, help you to access things and do different things, so spiritual things. And when I pray like this, we're not speaking to men, we're speaking to God. We're building ourselves up, not physically, but spiritually. Why do I need to be built up spiritually? There are many reasons, but one is it helps me to tune in to him. It helps me to, be, uh, to build my ears up, you could say. To be more conscious of spiritual things. Do you know that God knows where we're at in time and what he wants to do here and what he wants to do through us? But we can get so cluttered up in our minds, even though we're believers, we start missing out on some spiritual things. And we don't really know what time it is. How many of us have not realized what time it is on something and then all of a sudden we looked at a clock and went, <sighs> nobody's done that? <clears throat> And then you're like, I got a shower. Well, I'll splash my face. You know, I got to put, I got, I got to go grab some new socks. Those old ones look good. You know what I'm talking about? Because we're like, ah, what, what made the difference? We thought we had plenty of time to do something. Now we realize we don't have a lot of time. How did that happen? We tuned into something that told us. Being, doing this, uh, praying this way, being filled with the Spirit helps us to tune in to God so that we're not just thinking we're going to live forever here on the earth and it's going to be okay. I remember when I lived in Gold Canyon before I moved over here to Mesa one night, I was praying this way. And it was like nine o'clock, nine something at night, and all of a sudden I had this strong impression and they don't, this only happened to me with two of my neighbors out there that I should go next door and talk to my neighbor about the Lord. And I went, oh, Lord, it's like nine something at night. And, and so the more I prayed, the stronger it got. And I'm like, and it's not my head because my head's like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't. So you just got to ignore sometimes your head because your head doesn't know everything. I walked out, walked across the yard, knocked on his door, said, hey, sorry to bug you this late. And I just was straight up with him. I just said, I felt like I was praying and the Lord dealt with me to, to talk to you about your, your eternity. And he's like, just come on in. I talked to him for like 15, 20 minutes because I had a sense something was going to happen to him that if he didn't adjust something, he could be gone. And he was a winter person. I didn't realize he was about to leave. 
And so he prayed and received the Lord and then had a massive stroke. Not right in front of me when he went back. And they said, and so I remember when I heard, I started praying. I said, Lord, he, he gave his life to you. Do something for him. And he, he completely recovered from the whole thing. But could you imagine if he didn't have that, didn't have the life of God in him, hadn't received God? That thing could have killed him. But notice this, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, we're going to end with this verse. He said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. So this isn't coming from my head. It's coming from where the Holy Spirit is. Why is this important to pray this way? Because I need to be alert because God will enlighten me in my spirit and direct me and teach me his word. Anytime we ever see anything from God, we see it in our spirit. And he said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, we know we're praying to God. We know we're building ourselves up. But he said, my spirit prays. But notice this. He said, my understanding is unfruitful. You could say it various ways. Your head will get less in the way. Because isn't it our head often that goes, oh, don't do that. If you do that, what will happen? So he said, and it's a way to quiet your head. Why is that important? Because we're on a spiritual journey. Even the world, when it said they're blinded, it said they blind, their minds are blinded. But we as believers have a way to get beyond our minds, so to speak, and tune in and bring clarity to our lives by just being filled and having times where we pray this way. And we can know things, and our relationship with the Lord can deepen. And so with that being said... We'll close and pick up next week. But this is helpful. Remember I said this. This is not an experience that we look back on and go, whoa, we had a great experience with the Lord. We, we don't want to think like that because it's not just an experience like, you know, like salvation. You know, I got saved, it was powerful, and I'm just living my own life. This can alter us. This can enhance our walk with God where we would truly say it was to our advantage that he left. I've got a good walk with him. Amen.